you know, we, we do it with viral videos now. You, everything goes viral and it gets real cool and 20 you know, million views. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> woke, whatever that is. I don't know what woke is. Probably shouldn't even use that word on the podcast. We should probably bleep that out. <clears throat> is there a bleep button? Beep. Hello and welcome to Rescuing Churches with Stan and Josh Gibbons. This is the official podcast of 614 Ministries, where we exist to renew vision and restore hope at struggling churches across the country. With over 80% of churches in decline and 1,500 pastors a month battling depression, we strive to equip members and encourage ministers to pursue new directions of stability and growth. All right, well, what's up, guys? I am Josh Givens, your friendly neighborhood communications director, welcoming you to Rescuing Churches, joined, as always, by 614 Ministries Executive Director, Stan Givens, my dad. Hello. Thanks for being here. All right, today we're going to be discussing four dangers that the American culture places on the church. These are dangerous uh, states of mind, false mindsets, beliefs that you can kind of fall into if you're not careful. We're going to be taking these one by one. And I'm kind of going to pick your brain a little bit, Dad, about these and um, maybe get a little bit of insight into them. But before we do that, we are still in the middle of the coronavirus and the COVID-19. Yes, that's, we are. That's all still going on. It's a lot so, of excitement I, with that. I, yeah, I know, I know you're Yeah, you're just thrilled to death about that. So. Well, and I just <laughs> want to encourage the pastors uh, while we're in the midst of that. You know, the good news is it sounds like we're about to come out of some of that and they're going to hopefully they're going to release uh, some opportunities for us to actually have church again in the building. Yeah. Uh, but it is gotten a little crazy. Uh, Very much I, so. I heard on the news where another state has decided if churches do parking lot gatherings, uh, a neighboring state to us, if they do parking lot gatherings, Police are going to stop that. Yep. I'm very confused. Yep. While Lowe's can have 400 people in their store, according to the sign out front, and nobody's counting them, by the way. Right. I think they're just assuming <laughs> less than 400 are in here. Although when I'm there, it seems like a thousand are in there. Sure, sure. I'm very confused how Lowe's can do that, and we can't have small group meetings or something, or even parking lot Bible studies and, right, right. and services. So so there's a lot of challenges to this, but I do want to encourage the pastors on maybe a little more serious note, not me just ranting about it. Um, I want the pastors that, that are listening to this, please have some very serious prayer time. We're under quarantine, so hopefully you have a little more time to yourself. And uh, you, can, you can actually begin to meditate and pray you need to be asking God, what is he teaching us through this? What's the church supposed to learn Absolutely. during this COVID uh, deal? What are we supposed to get our handle on? I, I was overwhelmed a little bit this week when I came through Jeremiah in my reading and was reminded that Jeremiah was sent to the potter mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and the potter was making some, the potter is God, right, right. He was making something out of clay. Then he decided he needed to remake it mm-hmm. differently. Yep. Um, so that it would be more beautiful and be what he wanted. And um, I think the church may be in a moment of time where we're being remade. I think we may have gotten in this episode we're doing with the Americanization right. issues that I'm going to talk about may have something to do with that. 
But I do think we need to think about what church is and what priorities are. And we need to ask God, what are you trying to teach us as a church? Yeah, what are you trying, collective trying church, to show us? Our local individual church, me as a pastor, what are you showing us by isolating us like you have, mm-hmm. by pulling us away from our regular meetings, by keeping us out of our buildings? What are you trying to show us? Right. Uh, through this time. So I just, as we kick this off, I'd kind of like pastors to have a chance to think through that and pray about that. And I'd love for you to email me oh, what sure, the Lord's yeah, teaching yeah. you. I was about to say, yeah, send us some emails. Send us yeah. some emails on what you're learning. Yeah, message us on our social media. If, if you're having thoughts about that, or if, if you and your elders um, have, have met about that and, and kicked around ideas, um, we, we would love to have some pastoral. Yeah, if you're having some insights, if yeah, there's some yeah. spiritual insights you're having, not just, hey, Here's my theory, and it's some sure. conspiracy governmental theory. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested yeah. in those. I can read those. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't care about those. all by myself on Google. So, But yeah, I'd love for you guys to, to yeah. you know, to give us and some one, feedback. One, on one hour on Facebook will give you all right. the conspiracy theories you want. And at want. some point, we'll share kind of what we're learning, but yep. it's we're still Absolutely. in the process of listening at this point. Absolutely. Um, well, you've kind of put together a list here of four dangers that the American culture pushes on the church. Um and I, I kind of just want to pick your brain on these and, and go through them one by one. The first one you have here is that a life of comfort means I will be satisfied in later life stages. And that this is obviously a, a false assumption. Tell me what you mean by this. Well, in, in the American culture, we, we're we constantly trying to figure out how to, how to make our senior years uh, comfortable, satisfied, retired. And, you know, I'm going to retire and do all this fun stuff and have all this time to myself and have, you know, all these grand plans. And our culture teaches us that that's success. There's probably a lot of pastors laughing right now because yeah. pastors never retire. Now, you right? can't retire from the ministry. <laughs> so. But our culture teaches us that that's what success is. Right. And we've let our church families kind of slip into that mindset of, of that's what success is. Um, the thing that the Lord wants us to do is find our real purpose in life and live it out to the very end. Like you were saying, pastors have this calling, have this responsibility. See, I think every church member has the calling. Right. Every church member is called to present the gospel, to minister to their neighbors, to love one another. So you there's can't no, retire from there's being a no retiring. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, no when, Christian retirement. Once you're a believer, home. you're just a believer. Yeah. So finding <laughs> your purpose and serving others is a key, and uh, and you should do it. With joy and hope and peace, and that's the comfort is the joy, hope, and peace. Not necessarily, you know, a travel trailer, Winnebago, and and big house. Now, the Lord may grant you all that. That's fine. In our culture, we have a lot more of that than most. Sure. But I've been to cultures where that's never going to happen for them. And it doesn't mean they're lesser believers. Actually, they're probably stronger in their faith Oh yeah. Uh, because of that. So I, I really want to encourage our pastors to think through their own selves, um, you know what what they're supposed to be thinking about in far as far as how this culture treats comfort yeah and uh and and we don't need to work towards comfort I think we got to quit working towards being comfortable. And that's just kind of an American. Why do you think we do that? I mean, that's just, it's, it's, just it's, very American, it's very American. But, you know, yeah, Truett yeah. Dodd, who's with the Lord now, one of my favorite heroes of oh, the yeah. faith, um, oh, yeah, Truett Dodd retired. Goal was to retire as a businessman. He owned a nursery here in town. His goal was to retire and live at Gulf Shores the rest of his life. And at 60-something, 68 years old, or 58, 68 years old, um, God called him, yeah, 68 (laughs) years old, God called him to Siberia for the rest of his life. Instead of retiring to Gulf Shores, he moved to Siberia, Russia, very different temperature zones. Oh, yeah. And he moved there, 
literally not worried about his comfort at all, but building churches, reaching the lost, finding ways to witness to everything he could there in malls and colleges and all that. Yeah. And and his life was an example of how to not let the American culture get a hold of you. It really was. Because when he retired, he had a ton of money, and he used it all for the kingdom. And uh, he, he built a ton of churches in Russia. There's going to be a bunch of people in Russia that, you know, in heaven give him great praise for Absolutely. what he did. So. And the second danger that you have listed here is the easy way is the best way to do things. And obviously a lot of people fall into this trapping and this mindset and not just in church life, but people, people fall into this in life in general. I hear it all the time. It's, it's, this is kind of a dad coming out in you a little bit. It's a cultural norm and (laughs) it's, it's definitely a millennial, you, you giggling millennial over there. Yeah. I've heard this my whole life. Definitely a, uh, a, a, a millennial thing. How, all, how does it apply to? We're always trying pass. to find the easiest way to do things, you know. So we don't. Yes. We don't long cook popcorn. We were just having a popcorn discussion with a silent partner here a minute ago. We don't long cook popcorn. We actually find a way to hey, microwave. I, it. I had my my microwaved leftover pizza that I there ordered from for dinner last night for go. lunch today. So that was my. That's the easiest <laughs> way to get food is to order it and have it brought to you, kind uh, of thing. Yeah. But but no serious athlete actually can ever become elite athlete. No serious uh, military personnel, no serious police officer, no serious anybody with a, a, a purpose in life can, can take the easiest way and ever become elite sure. or great at it. They'll be average to below average every time. Yeah, it requires hard work as well. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that philosophy ruins us in a lot of ways. It, Churches it, it doesn't produce pastors. the best results. It produces very weak people Mm -hmm. and weak Christians. And uh, the Bible calls us to pray for long hours and fast. You just don't hear that very much, but it does. And and you're not going to become an elite Christian, a strong, healthy Christian, if you're not practicing that. Right. So, so what's the the easiest way for me just to pray? I don't need to pray long hours. I Mm -hmm. just, you know, and I've got these apps that help me pray now. I have these praying apps that remind me to pray Pray and give me ideas to pray about. (laughs) Yeah. So, so those are the easy ways to pray, right? right? But the long way is to get on my knees, on my knees before the Lord for long hours and call on him and stay focused and teach myself the discipline of, of that. And, and all of the disciplines are that way. Um, when Jesus was raising up his disciples, he did not let them do things the easy way ever. Oh yeah. He, he actually put them through. Yeah, yeah really. Yeah. Very tense test. Like, yeah. Hey, get in the boat and go to the other side. And Oh, by the way, me being the greatest weatherman you've ever known, I'm not telling you this, but there's a storm that's going to nearly sink your boat. And, and you're going to have to fight that storm all the way over there. Yeah, have fun with that. Right. <laughs> and, and and he put them in a test to, to raise them up in faith and to help them. So you grow your faith in those times of trials and testings and tension. And the Lord knows that about us. Just like an athlete grows his muscles under when he puts his muscles under tension. And, and so we've got to stop thinking as a church that we're not supposed to be in tense or difficult situations. Again, it goes back to, you know, the easy way and the comfortable way. Let's find the easiest and comfortable way to do this and do it. No, let's ask the Lord, what's the best way? How do you, how do you, how would you recommend kind of like for pastors that want to step up their discipleship game at their church and, and kind of go with what you're saying there? How how would you recommend that they implement something like that? Like if, if they're trying to disciple some guys and do it better or stronger, Take them, take them. If you're teaching them, give, give them some practicals. I was going to say, if you're teaching them how to share their faith, yeah, 
take them somewhere and have them share Actually their faith. Do it, yeah. Put them in the situation and make them face the moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can't sit at restaurants anymore, but I'm notorious at a restaurant when I'm with some young guys I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. I'm notorious for having asking the waiter when he comes by, telling tell one of the guys, hey, tell him your story. Mm-hmm. And I just want him to tell that elevator testimony right there on the spot. Right. Yeah. And the no first pressure. few times they do it, yeah, no they fumble, <laughs> they fumble through it like crazy. They get it all, you know, messed up, and and then they realize, hey, the next time I go to lunch with Pastor Stan, I need to have my story together. If I ever want to go to lunch, with yeah, Pastor Stan. yeah, because because <laughs> he's going to put me on the spot. But but that moment required put them in a place to learn their testimony. Right. Everybody has a testimony, and Jesus wanted his disciples to to use their testimony. Mm. Right. Yep. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, let's, let's go into number three here. And, and this is a a really interesting one, especially that I think a lot of us in the, in the small church world are guilty of. I know I've been guilty of it myself, just kind of thinking along these tracks is that bigger is better. And that's definitely not always true. So expand, expand on that a little bit for us. Well, you know, I think all my 40 years of ministry, I've been at a big church. Oh yeah, I've been. I was at a little church, mm-hmm. a little, real little church in Inslee, uh, <laughs> yeah, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. when <laughs> I was, yeah, you weren't born at that time. Yeah. You weren't even thought not, of at that not time. Not even. Uh, yeah, and then and I was at a, a small church in Vestavia, an Alliance Church, Baptist Church, Alliance Church, then an independent Bible church. And that was a larger church, and now I'm back at a small church. And so I have enough perspective. And I work with enough guys to know bigger doesn't mean ever mean better. Yep. And uh, smaller doesn't mean better either. <laughs> what better is, is are we actually practicing the guidelines of Scripture in our one another's? Are, is the church doing all the one another's together, loving one another, caring for one another, being devoted to one another? And is is it carrying the gospel outside to others? Are we discipling one another to be a gospel-centered church that communicates messages outside of that. And and so we always, as pastors, you always, you know, you're around other pastors. It's like, you know, so how many of y'all, how many are you having this week? How many of y'all have this yeah, week? Yeah, oh yeah. You know, and and I've finally come to the place. I've finally I've, I've, got I've to the place. I've been to some of those lunches with you. <laughs> yeah, I finally got to the place where the number doesn't matter to me at all. Right. I, I'm not the least bit embarrassed to say we had 35 Sunday. We had 45 Sunday. We had 10 Sunday. Yeah. We had, what, five this Sunday because we're... COVID, yeah, whatever. we're under quarantine. Everybody's <laughs> doing five right now. So, cause it's the guys running your systems, but, but I've come to the place where I've understood that the number doesn't matter. The question is, what are those 10 doing? Yeah. That's the real issue. And exactly. if we let our culture make us think that bigger is better, we're in trouble. Francis Chan's uh, book, uh, Letters to the Church, a good read. Don't agree with everything in it. Just everybody get that clear. Let's check that off on you. Right, right. I do not agree with everything in the book. I agree with a lot of it, though. And he makes an excellent point that smaller churches have very little baggage. Um, home churches have very little baggage. Nobody, there's no mortgage to carry. You know, we're not trying to we're not trying to cover a bunch of salaries. Everything we take up in our offerings can be mission based, mission minded, missionary sent money. Yeah, that's true. So, so there's there's just a way to to measure things better mm-hmm. if you start looking at the scriptures and start trying to measure the spiritual fruit of a church. I think you're going to find out what's better and what's worse. So, so and a big church is doing a ton of good works. Uh, could be doing those for the glory of God and knocking it dead. I believe I know a couple like that. I, at least from the my 
my influence around them, they seem to be doing that. Right. But I know some little churches are doing exactly the same thing. And in heaven, they equal each other. The numbers don't matter. So if you're a pastor who might have kind of fallen into the trappings mindset of um, thinking that bigger is better, and if especially if you're a, you know, if you're a small church pastor and you're kind of overwhelmed by what the bigger churches are doing, how would you recommend to that pastor battling and overcoming that stop mindset? It. Stop it. Stop doing Stop looking at the bigger churches. Don't compare yourself. Yeah, the comparison game. Uh, and I'll give you a great example. A friend of mine says to me— Because it's really easy to do that. A friend sometimes. of mine that I talked to out of, out of town, he's, he's a former guy discipled, um, and he says to me all the time, I think what you do at your small church is train up elite people um, like a special forces group to go out and do ministry. We were, I was reflecting with him about all the people that, that over the years have come through our ministry that are ministering somewhere else now. Right. And they're not here. And I'm like, man, if I had all those guys back, one, we'd have all those cool families with us. And two, they're all ministers. Be awesome. Yeah. But the Lord used us to train them up. One of them is your, one of your best friends from high school. Oh, yeah. You know, he's, yep. he's a pastor of a nicer, bigger church down the street from yeah. us. Yeah, there, I go, there I go with bigger again, like that matters. <laughs> yeah. Right? It just rolls right off your tongue. But it's dangerous for us to think that way because really... If the Lord wants us to do to train a handful of people at a time and send them out, a handful of people at a time and send them out, so be it. You know, let's yeah. just do the very best we can with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And be all we're supposed to be with that. Absolutely. So I think I think the way you measure it is the fruit. Yeah. That's the spiritual solid. fruit that you're producing. And I think pastors need to quit trying to figure out how can we get more tails in a seat. Yep. Right? Yep. And they need to figure out how to get more people following the teachings of Jesus, yeah. literally practicing the teachings of Jesus. Yeah, and modeling that to the community and all that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and then lastly here, you have that slow growth is not success, another dangerous false mindset. And is this kind of like just a patience issue? You know, like, like, why do we often think that growth happens quickly in a, in the church world and that it's always visible in attendance numbers. We, we, we tend to think that, you know, if we're growing, it, it means that we've got a whole bunch of people in the sanctuary. I think, I think again, in our culture, in our American culture, right. every magazine cover wants to find the, the business that took off like a rocket. Sure. You know, this guy was poor last week and now he's this you know, incredibly multimillionaire because he invented this widget that everybody wants to have. Either way, either way, you have this cultural mindset that says if something's just steadily, slowly developing and growing, it's it's not it's not good. Right. The church is always going to be slowly, steadily growing. It's no oh, yeah. there's no microwavable way for a church to be healthy and grow fast. Now, I know some churches that have taken off really big. They they went into a city with tons of money and planted a bunch of cell churches, had one big meeting a year or two later that they called, you know, they brought all those cell churches together and it went, you know, crazy after that. And then it took off. But I, that's not the norm for sure. And it's really not the call of the church to make that all happen that way. Um, I don't think God's called a ton of pastors, all the pastors I know, to go create a ton of little baby cell groups, find a bunch of money, create a ton of little baby cell groups, and then funnel everything into something two years later and start a church and right. then try to get it off the ground. I think for most of us, it's just a slow, steady farming type grind. You plant the seeds, you care for the soil, you plant the seeds. 
You wait for the Lord to bring the rains and the harvest, and then you plant more seeds. And uh, I think slow growth is probably, and steady growth is probably the healthiest in a church. And you got to be careful not to want to have a bunch of fast growth. I know for yeah. us as a church, we went through a season a few years ago where we ended up running a bunch of buses and all kinds of stuff. And, and our growth curve took off high, but we weren't able to manage that very well. Hmm. And some of that you could point to me as the leader and say, well, you just didn't lead well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, something didn't work right in all of that. And we weren't caring for all the pieces well. And the Lord brought us back to a number that we're healthier with. And we can disciple this group better. So, again, we'll slowly grow and trust the Lord. If he wants us to eventually have 200 people here, I'm okay with that process. You know, I'm okay with the slow sure. process. Sure, yeah. And and the American mindset, especially the pastoral mindset, we get fed a bunch from all these other, you know, splashy, fancy churches, nothing bad about that. Yeah. But we just get our eyes on that and we think, man, we're supposed to be growing like that. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't and, think that's the New Testament model. Yeah, it's it's true. And and there's even a lot of, you know, um, seminars, there's a lot of, you know, books, retreats and stuff that you go to and, and it, it, it's kind of the... It's the push. It's the push there. It's yeah, the, you, it's feel, the you feel this push. Yeah. And even if and, they're not pushing it, you get in there and you feel well, it. Well, you feel the energy of because it. Because you're yeah. walking around to other pastors going, hey, yeah. how many do you have? Well, exactly. We, you know, yeah. and, and as soon as the other guy <laughs> says a number big in yours, you're like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> no, no, we don't yeah. have 40. Well, I got it. You know, I got 60. Well, you're better than me then. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. You know, we're just called differently. Exactly. So that's a, it's an important mindset for pastors. That's and true. I, and I hope our pastors hear that they need to be encouraged in that. That's good. That's really good. So get get the get the get the American culture out of your thinking. Go to the scriptures and find out what God's called you to do, and move forward. Absolutely. And just walk in the ways God's called you, not tied to our culture. Absolutely. Just Absolutely. tied to your scriptures. That's really good. Really good stuff. All right, well, we thank all of you for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. And as always, we really appreciate any thoughts or feedback that you might have about the show. You can still reach out to us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 614Rebuild. You can also call us at 601-909-0614 and leave us a voicemail. We listen to all of our messages, and we might even include yours in an upcoming episode. We would love for you to call us and leave a voicemail because we want to know if our voicemail is working. That's right. It helps when you call. So That's right. Leave us a good voicemail. <laughs>